Hello, I'm Anthony William. You're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. As I've always said, who is 10, 20, 30 years to wait for answers? The information here on this show, the only show that doesn't come from agenda driven groups. So agendas, you know, like interest groups and medical interest groups and medical funding with strings attached, botched research, research with the thumb on the scale all the time, lobbyists, medical lobbyists, internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems, private panels of influencers, kickbacks, payoffs, trendy traps in alternative medicine. That's right. Is your mind blown? In alternative medicine, that stuff is in Yep, that's right. Times have changed. It wasn't like that years ago. Years ago, years ago, alternative medicine was saintly. It was saintly. I mean, don't get me wrong. The doctors and practitioners doing alternative medicine are saintly. They're saintly. Absolutely. I call them saints. I call them saints. Chiropractors, naturopaths, you know, kinesiologists, um, you know, uh, acupuncture, acupuncture, you know, acupuncturists, oriental medicine doctors, uh, Massage therapists. Um, I mean, if I forget any, don't, that doesn't mean I don't like the group. Um, of course, you know, all of them, all of them. Cranial sacral therapists are really great. I mean, everybody, everybody's working. Everybody's doing stuff. Does anybody forget homeopathy, right? Homeopaths, right? I love it, love it. Functional medicine doctors, you know, people that are joining forces. You name it. They're saints. And medical doctors, I feel, are saints too. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Medical doctors of all kinds, uh, pediatricians, you name it, specialists, saints. And, um, but, but the industries aren't saintly. They're not saintly. That's the whole point. That's what we have to understand here. And alternative medicine used to be the industry. First of all, the regular medical industry, the conventional medical industry was never saintly. In, going all the way back hundreds of years, it was never saintly. It was never a pure place. Um, the doctors are. The doctors are. Let's not let's not mess that that up. Let's not mess up that because that, that's the doctors are. I mean, honestly, like angels. And and you know, and what happens is that you know, alternative medicine though the the medicine the 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 industry was saintly. It was always pure. In the 1800s, the late 1800s, the herbalists, the naturopaths that developed the nature medicine, nature medicine, you know, that was, that was definitely, and in the 1920s, it was still clean. It was still 30s, 1940s, 50s, 60s. And then we got into the day, the day we're into now, today, today's age. And I'm sorry, but alternative medicine, the industry has, is slightly tainted because these groups that I just mentioned are all kind of in there. So information getting out there isn't always as like it was back in the 1950s, 40s, 30s in alternative medicine. And, you know, and always remember that, you know, when it comes down to the practitioner itself, that's different. You know, that's different than the practitioner, the healer, the doctor. They're, they're saints to me. Every naturopath you go and visit... Any naturopath you go and visit, just remember, there's probably hundreds of, a hundred, easy hundred, if not hundreds of naturopaths that went to prison for no reason, just for waking up in the morning, putting on their, their white coat 
and helping people. Not because of anything that harm or anything that happened to people, because the conventional industry ostracized and, and privately went after all the naturopaths in the old days, all the chiropractors in the old days, when medicine, you know, wanted to dominate, when conventional medicine wanted to dominate and own it all. And they didn't like the, they didn't like the nature medicine rising up in the late 1800s and early 1900s. I mean, those doctors were hung. They were hung by their feet and beaten. And, and you just need to know that. So you, when you go to your naturopath, just, you need to respect and honor where we've come from and how far we've come. It's like unbelievable. And you go to your chiropractor, you need to respect that. You need respect. If you go to your healer, you need to respect that. And if you go to your conventional doctor, you need to respect that too, of course. It wasn't, wasn't the doctor's fault. It was the industry. It was the industry. It was the industry. I know, you know, I know I'm going on a tangent about this, but it's important to know to have that kind of respect when you go and see your, your healer, when you go to see your naturopath. Now, I have naturopaths tell me, they say, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing my best. I'm helping out my patients. And he gets this ang- angry patient that just, you know, that just is, is, is upset about something. And he doesn't like the, the naturopath or something like that. And the naturopath's like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I care. I got compassion. I want the person better. We have to have respect to for our our doctors or naturopaths, whatever kind they are, functional or not, or functional, whatever, you know, natural, everything. We have to because, man, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to where, you know, that old thing where when I was, when I was a kid, you know, grandfather would be like, when I was a kid, I had to walk nine and a half miles in the snow, nine and a half miles in the snow to go to school, to the little schoolhouse. Nine and a half miles in the snow, zero degrees. And all I had was these knitted little gloves with holes in them. And all I had was these old boots and they got filled with water and slush and frozen. And I got frostbite every time I went to school all winter long. And I dropped my books in the snow and the ice. And, you know, well, that's that's what it's like. With what happened, the history of what happened. So when you see your naturopath, like, I'm glad you're here. Can I shake your hand today? I'm glad. I know I'm consumed with all my stuff. I'm consumed with, as a patient, I'm consumed with my pain and my, my, my agony and my symptoms and my Lyme disease and my, you know, Epstein-Barr and all my stuff. And I'm consumed with it and my fatigue and I know so, but can I shake your hand today? Just thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Um... All right, let's get, we're talking about, we're talking about acid reflux today, acid reflux. That's what we're talking about. I mean, right? I mean, it, it's interesting. I think that's interesting, acid reflux. I think it's interesting. Acid reflux. What's interesting about it? We're going to talk about it. We're going to cover information that nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's right. Nobody knows. I wake up every morning and say to spirit, okay, what else? What else are you going to tell me that nobody knows? That I don't even know. What else are you going to tell me? Spirit says, well, you know, wait, I keep you around as long as we can. Keep you alive, A.W. We got to keep you alive, A.W., as long as we can. Because I got things to tell you for years and years and years to come. And nobody knows. I said, all right, all right. I'm okay. Putting on my pants. All right. 
putting on my shirt. Time to go. Time to go to work. Let's get it down. Let's get it down. Let's get it in these books and let's get it down. Did you check out the thyroid book? Thyroid healing. Did you check it out? Did you order it? Did you order that book? Oh, oh my God. You're going to learn more about the thyroid. And it's more than just the thyroid. You're going to learn more about chronic illness than I think you've ever known. Seriously. If you don't have that book, you're going to love it. You know, they didn't let you down. I know I didn't let you down. I also wake up in the morning and say, did I let him down? Or I go to bed at night. Did I let anybody down? Did I let him down? Did I let him down? Did I get everything that needed to be in that book for this book? I know I'm working on the next one, but I did, get, did I get everything I needed on this one? And um, it's important. And if you haven't gotten Medical Medium Book 1, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Why? Why haven't you gotten it? Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Acid reflux, we're going back into it. We're going to town on it. So what is acid reflux? A bunch of acid building up in the stomach? Burning your esophagus? Causing esophageal spasm? Going up and causing scar tissue? Causing waxing and waning weird hair at the bottom of the esophagus down there, by that lip down there? I mean... Causing other things that create, you know, other names for illnesses, like scar tissue growing and things like that. I mean, what is acid reflux? I mean, is it heartburn? The hell's heartburn? The hell is it? Is the heart really burning? No, probably not. It just burns up there. No, definitely not. But it just burns up there in that area, right? It feels like it's up in the chest. Like, whoa, am I having a heart problem? You know, I feel out of burning. What's this pain? feels like gas pains. Gas pains are very strange. I'm going to tell you something about gas pains. Gas pains can do the darndest stuff. They can, you can get a gas pain by your neck. By your neck. You can get a gas pain up in your shoulder way up high. Seriously. Get gas pain up there. How's that possible? No, see, nobody knew this. Nobody knew this. How is it possible to get a gas pain way up there at the top of your shoulder? You know? And how is it possible to get a gas pain way up high like that up your neck? <laughs> I said that already. I know. I know. Thanks. For, by the way, I wanted to thank you guys for something. I want to thank for just bearing with me. Bearing with my silliness, my sarcasm, my uh, annoy, annoyance, whatever that is. And, um, and just thank you for, seriously, thank you for just bearing with me. Thank you for just listening. It's an honor to have you here. It's an honor to be with you. And I just want to say thank you for, I never say thank you enough to you guys. There's no way I, I don't say thank you enough. I, I really don't think so anyway. So how do you get a gas pain up in your neck? Like, whoa, a cramp up there, a pain. And where's it coming from? That's how strange the, the, the gastrointestinal system is. That's how strange, that's how elusive and, and mysterious our intestinal tract is, by the way. Our, our intestinal tract is mysterious. You get a gas pain up high. Absolutely. You can get a gas bubble at the top of your colon, say on the left side, left side of your colon, your left, your left arm, right at the top there, right in the corner of your colon. You know, right there at the, you know, that spot there, left side, right in the rib area, right around the spleen. You can get that, you can get that gas bubble there and it can cause pain all the way up to the top of your neck. That's why. That's why. 
That's how weird the nervous system works. The phrenic nerves, P-H-R-E-N-I-C, a very sensitive nerve responsible for so many different problems with neurological problems. Well, anyway, that phrenic nerve um, sitting there by the ribs there rides up, rides up through the chest, goes up through the left side of the chest, and there's a phrenic nerve on the right side, top of that colon on the right side, rides up the right right side of your chest. And that phrenic nerve there, two phrenic nerves, right? They're hypersensitive. They can be really hypersensitive in a lot of people. You get gastritis and a gas bubble gets trapped up in that corner on each corner of the colon, not the small intestinal tract, the colon on each corner, left side corner, right side corner, underneath the ribs right there. And man, you got like sparky going on. Like, like, oh my God, like it could, it could spark up those nerves Cause a spasm, cause pain, going all the way up, sharp pain, jagged pain, all the way up, all the way up the chest through the kind of heart region, the other side too, uh, right up through the neck, give you cramp, get, give you kind of cramped up. That's just a gas bubble. It could be tiny too if it's a toxic gas bubble. If it's a toxic gas bubble, it could be tiny. I got celery juice with me. Now I have celery juice with me a lot, but I have celery juice with me purposely on this show today because this is acid reflux show. I got celery juice here. Why would I have celery juice for acid reflux? Who 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 cares? Who would know, what what like what does that ha- what does that do? What does celery juice do? It does a lot. I can't wait to tell you. So well, there's a lot of mystery in our gastrointestinal tract. There's a lot of a lot of mystery in all that on every level. You know, it's so mysterious that nobody even knows what happens to food once it enters the stomach. I say that a lot. I'm going to say it again. And if you're brand new to the show. I'm going to tell you something right now, right now. If 500 years from now, from this day, they're still not going to know what happens to food when it enters the stomach. They're still not going to know. No one's going to know. There's going to be theories and more theories. The enzyme factor is a theory. Yes, enzymes exist. They do play a role, but what they do is theoretical. Nobody knows what they do. Nobody knows what they do. Seriously. Even when we have a theory of they break down food, they cause, you know, uh, they cause a gastric breakdown of food, they help assist in digestion. Theory. Because we don't know. There's no way to measure it, no way to weigh it. Nobody can measure it. Nobody. God knows what happens inside the stomach when food's dropped in there. God knows. Yeah, God. And if you don't believe in God, it's fine. Uh, the, the universe, universe knows. Okay? And... And it's going to be like that for 500 years, 700 years, 1,000 years, 1,500 years, 2,000 years. And if we haven't blown this planet to nothing by then, if we haven't blown it into smithereen and ash and boulders, burning boulders, and we haven't literally nuked it and wiped it clean by then, if we haven't burned it to a, just, a, just a ball of nothingness by then, we're still not going to know what drops inside our stomach. We're still not going to know. And don't think I have an ass spirit when the world does end, or if it does at all. I have many times, and I do have secrets about if the world is, if it's not, when, if it is, or if it's never, or I have secrets to all that. I am going to do a book on that down the road. But there's just too much medical information in the way. There's too much medical information. There's too much chronic illness, and it needs to be addressed. And I just, I got to push off the fun stuff. I have to push off the fun stuff. I have to push it away, push it away. So 
the deal is, the deal is that um, because we don't know what happens to food in the stomach, we're not going to know what foods really do help and change what's happening down in there. Like when you put celery juice in the stomach, and I'm going to take a little sip. Mm. I feel that my I feel my acid reflux already going away. I don't have any acid reflux, but if I did, it would start fixing it. What is acid reflux? Let's go into that. Let's go into that. It doesn't mean I took another sip of celery juice. It doesn't mean I can't get acid reflux. If I'm under tremendous stress someday, like I'm always under stress anyway, deadlines and stuff like that, I got to get the information out to you. I got to get all the blog blog articles out to you. I got to get all these radio shows done. I got to get the books done. I got to, you know, I got to be of help and service any way I can in between it all in any way possible. And and doesn't mean, you know, I can't get some stress and, and, and something also change chemistry-wise in the gut. Comes some stress happening, creating acid reflux. I, mean, I don't want to get it. I hope I don't get it. But if I do, which I could be susceptible to that, darn right. Someone said to me, well, you're, you're you know, you're Anthony William. You, know, you can't be susceptible to anything. To, to, well, if I was not human... If it, was, if it was not human, then sure, I'm human. I'm just like you. Yeah, I hear a voice perfectly clear, but if I don't take care of myself, you know, some, it's, anything could happen. But I don't take care of myself. I mean, it's just the way the ball rolls, the way the ball rolls. So celery juice. Okay, so what, what, what is the bad? What is this acid? What is this acid reflux? Acid reflux. Acids, those acids aren't gastric acids. Those aren't gastric acids. Newsflash, they're not gastric acid. So when you get acid reflux and it's always happening, newsflash, those aren't the glands in the stomach creating gastric acid and hydrochloric acid. That's not what that is. That isn't hydrochloric acid. Burns like hell, goes up the esophagus, Burns everything, goes into your throat, they kind of spit it out. Some people do, some people don't. It can make you cough, <laughs> they cough and cough and cough and all night, all night long, coughing on some mucus too. I've seen people suffer. I've seen people suffer or it's just you burns and it's rising up, burns and it rises up, burns and it rises up, burns and it rises up. That's not gastric acid. Whoa. Would you believe it? But, you know, back to chronic chronic illness research. Back to how it's so deficient and anemic. Back to how, you know, you can go to the best clinics, the best doctors. It's not their fault. Believe me, it's not their fault. They just don't know. That's not gastric acid. It's an acid. It's an acid produced by something an acid produced produced by poison inside the liver but 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 more than that it's an acid produced by bacteria by bacteria i'll say it again it's an acid produced by bacteria you got acid reflux there's a good chance it's not reflux because you got a kink and we're going to talk about that if you have something going on that's visible if you got something going on like a kink and that's what I love about medicine too. Is you can you know, you get an MRI, you could get a because I can't be everywhere to get people MRIs through Spirit. I can't. I tried that. I tried that for decades. 
and I still can't get every, I can't reach everybody. I can't get everybody done. Can't get the millions of people that need help see with me personally. Can't do so. I got to do it through the books, the books, the series, the medical medium series. If you got one of them, make sure you get them all because they're all interconnected. They're all interconnected. It's important. They're, they're, they're there for a reason. And then here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you don't have a kink, if you don't have something busted inside, I don't mean busted, but you know what I mean. You don't have, because what happens is we get wonky in there internally. We get, first of all, we get hernias. We get high anal hernias. That actually can cause acid reflux. That can cause non-bacteria related acid reflux. So if, if everything rolls out, there's no high anal hernia. There's no hernia in a weird place. That maybe not just hiatal, but there's all kinds of hernias you can get in weird places. And uh, and believe me, I'm not I'm not uh, immune to a hernia. I mean, I could pick up something stupid and heavy and pop something out just like the best of anybody can. It's another thing too. We got to always be careful with that. Um, we got to be careful. We get pushed into workouts. By the way, that's just that's just led. I, I know I'm taking this off track a little, but not not necessarily because if I can avoid a hernia th- with you, that's amazing. Um, and then, hey, I could avoid possible acid reflux then. There you go. If you're doing workouts or you get sold into a workout thing, don't push it too hard. A lot of a lot of trainers, they don't realize in so many different ways. They have people pick up tires and stuff like that. You just, you just don't do that. That's so, so silly. You just don't do that. And if you're a trainer doing offering that, just stop that. Stop that. Stop that whole thing. Or you're like taking sledgehammers, you give them a sledgehammer and you have them hit a tire with it. Just don't do that. I can't tell you how many people get hernias from that crap. You don't even know. Because everybody's doing that now and they're all getting hernias. I know. I know so. I hear about it all the time. Don't be picking up giant tractor tires with everything you got and pushing it over. There's nothing to prove there. Don't do it. Do, do responsible exercising. Okay. You do, you know, resistance, you could do weights, you could do resistance, you can jog, you can run, anything you like to do, but you just, just don't do things like picking up gigantic tractor tires and pushing them over in, 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 in the workout place, stuff like that. You know, be careful, be careful. Um, okay, so let's go back, let's go back. <laughs> Sorry, guys, let's go back into this. If you don't have a kink, if you don't have a hernia, if you don't have a blockage, and those are easy to see for MRIs and CAT scans and stuff like that and ultrasounds. And, and you know, you go to the doctor and you swallow that barium. You swallow that, you know, that glow-in-the-dark material. And then you go and get an X-ray, whatever it is. If nothing like that is going on and you got the acid reflux and you got some bacteria brewing, could be undiagnosed bacteria. Of course, that's how it works. I mean, H. pylori can cause it. But H. pylori becomes, you know, it's diagnosable sometimes and sometimes it's not. It's very elusive. It, it evades and sca- escapes tests, it tests all the time. H. pylori is a bacteria. Interesting critter. But bacteria produces an acid. Produces an acid that will trick out and mimic an acid similar to gastric acid, which will trick out the doctor physician thinking that this is just a tremendous amount of acid regardless and not really know what kind and what kind and where. Bacterial acids 
That's what it is. That's what that acid is. It's constantly causing problems. It's constantly going up the esophagus. It's constantly burning everything. That's bacterial acid. Heartburn, a lot of times, is a gas bubble. It's a gas bubble. And, and not acid. So a lot of different cases of heartburn. Someone describes, like, I got heartburn. I got heartburn. That you know, I can't tell you how many people that came to me, and they're like, I got heartburn in the old days. I'm like, that's, that's gastritis. And they're like, maybe it is. Yeah, it is. And then there's heartburn. Where, oh, okay, now it's burning up here. Okay, no, that's burning. Yeah, no, that's heartburn. That's heartburn. That's, 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 you know, that's acid reflux. And, um, so what happens is you got bacterial acid. That's not gland produced, gland produced gastric acid and hydrochloric acid in the stomach. Do you know what happens when you're getting acid reflux from bad acid? Bacterial produced acid. Do you know what happens? It means you have no hydrochloric acid left or very little because if you did have enough hydrochloric acid, it would be destroying the bacteria so you wouldn't have acid reflux. Yep. 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 (laughs) I'm trying not to say that's right. That's right. That's what's going on there. What's going on is if you got the bad acids and you got that acid reflux and that's bacterial produced reflux, that's what that acid is. It's, it's acids produced by bacteria. If that's going on, that means you don't have any to none to very little hydrochloric acid, but that might not be diagnosed properly at a practitioner's office, both conventional or alternative or functional, because they think you're filled with acid. So they're thinking you got tons of hydrochloric acid or they're thinking you got tons of gastric acid. No, you got acid in your gastric system, but it's coming from bacteria and doesn't mean taking antibiotics either. It doesn't mean you got to jump on the antibiotic thing to start killing off bacteria because that will just create more bacteria and more bacterial acid. I know so. There's so many people with H. pylori diagnosed with H. pylori that are getting antibiotics for H. pylori and then they have the worst acid reflux for the next 10 years. I see that all the time. I saw that all the time. And, you know, we, so, and I'm not against antibiotics. They're great when, when you need them for certain things. I mean, there's, there's things you need them for. There's no doubt about it, but we gotta be cautious when we use them and how we use them. That's important to know. Mm. Sip of celery juice again. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we have that kind of problem going on. That means our hydrochloric acid is gone. So we have to build our hydrochloric acid back up. And it doesn't mean taking HCL capsules or HCL pills, hydrochloric acid pills. We need to build it back up. And that's really important. Very important. We need to change the diet around too, because there's something in our diet that's feeding bacteria, whatever that is. It could be wheat and gluten, could be corn, could be wheat gluten, could be dairy, could be eggs. Eggs feeds bacteria like no other. You know what? Even if you have your best chicken eggs from your best friend's backyard, which is the ones to eat if you're going to eat an egg, even if you have the bet and the, the, the yolk is nice and dark, 
It's not like factory chicken eggs. The yolk is nice and dark. Delicious egg. Right? I mean, a coyote would love that egg. A fox would love that egg. My God. Be a fox's dream to get that kind of egg. And, you know, even even those kinds of eggs, which, you know, which are the nutritious ones, they still will feed a bacteria. And it's not the egg's fault. It's not the chicken's fault. It's not your fault. I said this before, actually, recently, that the medical industry, not the alternative medical industry, the conventional medical industry ruined eggs for us. They ruined it as a food. They ruined it as a food source because they used it in the lab to feed and raise bacteria for a hundred years now. And that's what they did. And they used it in the labs to feed viruses and bacteria, to play around with bugs and pathogens. They used it as a food source. I don't care what anybody tells me. They're wrong if they say, no, that's not true. And they're wrong if they say that bugs don't eat anything. They're wrong. Wrong, wrong. I don't care if you're a scientist saying it. I don't care. You're wrong. I don't know. I don't know why you don't have the right information. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if it wasn't just taught to you or what that wasn't told to you or your supervisor didn't tell you at a lab or something. Whatever happened or there wasn't a study on it that you could read. But you're wrong. Bugs feed off of things. Food. Food, food, like we feed off of food and eggs are one of them. And it's not that this would have never happened if they didn't use egg. They used corn too. corn. They ruined corn on us. Corn is delicious. Totally screwed that up. The medical industry ruined that on us. And then they grow all the GMO medical corn on top of it. And they ruined it even more. And they ruined it. It was corn, eggs, and even some dairy was used, but corn, eggs mostly. But these are the things that feed the bugs. They feed the bugs. So I get, you know, so diet matters. So that's important to know. So we got to build up the hydrochloric acid. We got to clean up the liver a little bit because the liver's not functioning that great if we have acid reflux. And that's going to be a big part of it too. Might have a fatty liver developing pre-fatty liver. Might be pre-diabetic for a lot of people with acid reflux. They have this pre-pre-diabetes, not pre-diabetes, pre-pre-diabetes. And then guess what? Guess what? There's pre-pre-pre-diabetes. Interesting, huh? Pre-pre-pre-diabetes. PPP diabetes. That's right. Nobody knows that either. And that is happening in people. So that's going on with their liver and that's what's happening. It's all liver caused. And then you got, you know, weak digestion because if the liver's getting beaten down, then the liver doesn't produce the strong bile. So that means your stomach has to overproduce hydrochloric acid. Your, your stomach has to overproduce hydrochloric acid and wears it out, wears the stomach right out, exhausts the stomach's gastric ability to produce the proper kind of acids because the liver's so burdened and, and so constantly having to spit out all that bile to digest tons of protein and tons of fat in everybody's diet. The liver weakens and breakens down, breakens down, it breaks down. Is breaking a word? It could be. And, you know, here's the thing. With all that happening, and then what goes wrong is the stomach, the HCL, starts to then diminish, starts to wane, starts to fall back. The glands in the stomach can't produce. The stomach can't produce anymore. And if you're not drinking celery juice and you're not taking care of yourself, you can't even build your stomach acids back up. You can't even clean the liver up and build it back up. And people go on 
even higher protein diets and they wear their liver down more. Even if things gotten better in their health in other ways, they're still breaking their liver down. They're still setting themselves up for the worst hydrochloric acid deficiency and they're setting themselves up for down the road by the time they're in their 50s or 30s or 80s or whatever it's going to be. They're going to have that acid reflux kick up because that bacteria is going to grow. Bacteria is going to grow. And when it grows, produces bad acid. Your hydrochloric acid's too weak. You don't have enough hydrochloric acid to kill off that bacteria. And remember, that hydrochloric acid blend is a seven blend that's, that only spirit knows and release that information. I talked about that in the first book. I'm going to talk about it again. In the next book. And so, and what happens is that seven blend, three of that seven could be diminishing. So then the practitioner doesn't even know somebody's hydrochloric acid is even low. So we have to build up the HCL to kill off the bacteria so the overgrowth doesn't happen. And I'm not just talking about SIBO, small intestinal tract, you know, bacterial overgrowth. I'm talking about bacteria that's just not that's just in general sitting in the duodenum and then sitting in the in, in the in the stomach pouch the bottom of the pouch is as well it's a well at the bottom of the pouch stomach pouch it's a little well okay and then there's this little spot too that dips down and and stuff collects in that little spot it collects there right there that's where bacteria loves to grow, right in that little spot. Do you ever go to the beach and it's low tide and there's water in this one little spot, but yet there's no water in that spot? That's how what it's like. There's a little spot in the bottom of the stomach, a little spot, a little, little patch in there. It's almost like, you know, a little spot. And right there at the bottom in the corner there is, you know, a little spot Lots of things can grow in there. Bacteria loves to grow there, especially if somebody's got a weak hydrochloric acid. The bacteria just spawns and grows right there. And when it does, it spawns and creates acid, not hydrochloric acid. No, not the seven blend. No, not other factors in gastric acid from glands. No, it spawns and grows an ugly Mutant foreign acid that mimics acid, stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, whatever, mimics all the acids. <clears throat> and that's what it does. And that's the bacteria right there that creates that. And sure, you can have SIBO too, which we did in the SIBO show, which is all streptococcus. That's definitely, and that strep can get in there too. And strep in the small intestinal tract, if it's high enough, can create a lot of acid. Absolutely. And that can spew up into duodenum and push up even further into the stomach. And somebody could have a lot of acid going on. Yeah. It's all, it's all fixable though. It's all fixable. It's all, we can all work on it. We can all get it better. We can all do things about it. We can all get it in the right place. We can get rid of acid reflux. But what I like about doing this show on acid reflux is, you know, you're covering a few things. You want to get the liver a little bit better. You want to knock down bacteria, right? We talked about kinks in the gut, kinks in the intestinal tract, hiatal hernias, different kinds of hernias. We're covering a lot of ground. So it's not just this thing where, okay, I got acid reflux. Let me find a pill for it. Let's see if AW has, you know, has some kind of pill, a magical natural pill, 
because I got this acid reflux. No, it's more than that. It's the information because it empowers you, strengthens you. And then we'll do more than just a magic pill. We'll do some different foods. So first of all, what not to eat. Just go to my what not to eat, you know, and then all the books. And uh, that's really a big deal. That's a big deal for getting rid of acid reflux. If you're an animal protein lover, lower it, reduce it because you're just going to max out your liver with all that animal fat. And you're going to force your liver to produce extra bile salts to break down that animal fat. And you're going to weaken your hydrochloric acid because your stomach's going to have to overproduce hydrochloric acid once again and just exhaust itself. Kind of like adrenals. When adrenals get tired and all of a sudden you get a bad experience that happens to you and then your adrenals don't have anything else to spit out. So they just shoot out whatever they got left and now they're really exhausted. You know, like when a a girlfriend breaks up with a boyfriend or a boyfriend breaks up with a girlfriend or or anything, anything that happens in life. Or you walked into the office one day and someone who's trying to steal your job has talked to the boss and sets you up for a fall. Whatever, I've seen it all. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just this, world is, this, this world is crazy. This world is crazy. And, you know, next thing you know it, Next thing you know it, you got, you got, you know, you got, you got hit. The adrenals got hit. Adrenals got weakened. Well, it's the same thing with the intestinal tract. You drop too much animal protein down, too much animal protein, too much animal fat down in there. And the same thing if you're a vegan, you drop too much nut fat, too much coconut oil. Oh my God. I saw somebody eat like a half a jar of coconut oil and they gave themselves pancreatitis and they were a vegan and they gave themselves pancreatitis. It didn't matter if they were a vegan or a meat eater. If they're a meat eater and drank a whole bottle of coconut oil, yeah, it's possible they can give themselves pancreatitis too. And just for the record, meat eaters get more pancreatitis than any vegetarian or vegan has ever gotten in the history of medicine. I'm going to say that. Not because I'm standing up for vegans right now and I'm trying to knock down animal protein people. That's not it at all. I'm just telling you right now. Pancreatitis is from animal fat. It's from pork. More people get pancreatitis from pork than anything else. Anything else. Bacon, ham, pork roast, whatever that is, pork chops, uh, ribs. More people get pancreatitis and cases of pancreatitis from all that pork and all that in the burgers and all that stuff, even if it's grass-fed burgers and all that butter on their lobster or whatever it is. More people get pancreatitis that way than vegans do eating too many nuts or a half a jar of coconut oil. I've seen meat eaters drink a whole bottle of olive oil thinking they're going to flush out their gallbladder and liver, which you can't, and it doesn't work. And they do that, and they give themselves pancreatitis because they also had a steak the night before. I've also seen vegans drop a whole bottle of olive oil down and give themselves pancreatitis. And then the night before, they had, you know, a big nut pie. So it's like, seriously, like, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is, um, you know, we got to reduce that animal fat if you're in the animal product world. And we, we just got to reduce the fats so that the liver's not overburdened. If you want your acid reflux to go away, you, want, you don't want that liver overburdened. I'm telling you right now, if it's overburdened, what's going to happen is it's going to overproduce bile. It's going to try to make bile so damn strong, it's going to weaken the liver. It's going to push out so much bile. And when that happens, when that happens, the, the liver weakens. And then what happens? The stomach overproduces the hydrochloric acid. It burns itself out, burns it out like a star, burns it out like a rock star. Rock stars get burnt out. And I've known a lot of rock stars over the years. I've helped out a lot of rock stars over the years. And they get all burnt out. 
You know, it's so it's it's and that's what happens. Your hydrochloric acid, they, you know, it burns out, and so you want to kind of restore that. So how do we store that? What do we? What do we do? What are we trying to do? Well, you know, I, I, antibacterials don't, I mean, they, we shouldn't discard them, natural ones, herbal ones. A little bit of golden seal once in a while will lower a bacterial load in the gut. A little bit of golden seal once in a while. A little bit of echinacea golden seal. It does reduce that. A little bit of elderberry syrup once in a while. Cat's claw, a little bit of cat's claw here and there if you ever want. You can lower and reduce that bacterial stuff. A little bit of oregano oil. Oregano oil, thyme tea, thyme, thyme water, thyme tea, the stuff I always promote in the books like life-changing foods. You can, you can lower, you can lower the uh, bacterial load. Lemon balm lowers the bacterial load. Why does peppermint tea help with digestion? Nobody knows. You know, I was talking to an herbalist a while back too, a well-known one, and they were just like, I love what you do. I love what you do. I I, I learn a lot, as, even as an herbalist. But uh, you know, he's, he's, let me ask the, he, he goes, let me ask you this question, Anthony. Let me ask you this question. I'm like, what? And he's a really nice guy, really nice guy. And he said, he said, peppermint tea, peppermint tea. You know, it, it, it works really good with that bacteria in the stomach. I'm I'm guessing because you're telling me the bacteria is the acid reflux, so the peppermint tea, it helps. With the acid reflux, how's that possible? Is it that I go because it's actually knocking down bacteria? He says no, but the herbalists know that that's not one of the antibacterials. Peppermint tea. Herbalists know that that's not really one of the main. That's not an antiviral, antibacterial herb. I go, yes, it is. It's an antibacterial herb. Nobody knows that. It's like I'll be darned. I'll be darned. I'm going to be talking about that on my lectures. That's what he said. And you know, he's helped a lot of people. He's helped a lot of people. I mean, just in his whole career, being an herbalist, he's helped a lot of people. I love herbalists. You know, the thing is, is this, is that, is that, is because that peppermint alone, peppermint tea does diminish bacteria, certain bacteria in the, in the gut, meaning in the top and the stomach in there. So that one helps the lemon balm. Like I said before, peppermint, oregano oil capsules. We know that one does, right? Olive leaf, olive leaf capsules, olive leaf tincture, the right kind. Make sure you go to, you know, if you're going to get a supplement, go to medicalmedium.com. I don't sell the supplement, but I, but I, we created with a lot of time and energy, exhausting and a lot of money involved to create this. We created a, um, um, a directory for you so that you can know what is the right one. Because we kept on hearing, we we didn't do it for a long time, but we kept on hearing from so many people like, I got this supplement and I'm not getting a result because that supplement's actually garbage. Or I got this supplement and it just burned my throat. Yeah, because it was loaded with citric acid or whatever it is. So finally we had to create a directory. And that's what we did. And, uh, and someone said to me, why don't you start selling supplements so you can pay for some of this stuff? I said, I'm not going to sell supplements. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I just, I can't. I can't. Something in me, I just can't do it. I said, there's supplement companies. They sell them. I don't want to do that. I'm about getting people what they need, the information they need. I got to stay. The integrity has to stay there. You know, um, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. See, there's all these different things you can take and use to knock down that bacteria, which is really helpful. And, and we can do that. 
And that you know, licorice root all in its all in its own actually does that too. Licorice root knocks down some bacteria. In fact, licorice root is like a miracle for acid reflux because it's knocking down so much bacteria and also viruses in the intestinal tract, but it's knocking down so much bacteria. Licorice root, licorice tea, licorice peppermint teas is a godsend for acid reflux. Why? It's knocking down bacteria, you guys. Bacteria that creates the bad acid. And if you've heard that before, it came from me originally. I'm saying that because I have to keep it straight with, with, with honoring spirit that put the information out there. A lot of times, for years, I put a lot of information out there. I taught a lot of people through spirit's wisdom. Not through my wisdom, spirit's wisdom. And stuff did get around. And if you say, oh, I think I heard that before. Well, trust me, that one came from spirit. I have to always honor spirit. Spirit doesn't care. Spirit doesn't care. I just, I care about honoring spirit. I just, I have that kind of respect for spirit. So, you know, here's the deal. Um, Celery juice. Now we can do the food. Celery juice is critical. Aloe vera water. Aloe vera gel. You could scoop it out of leaf and eat it if you want. I remember I was traveling one time and I told my assistant, I said, get me an aloe vera leaf. Get me an aloe vera leaf. And she was like, okay, I'll get you one. And she got me a bunch of them. And, you know, and I was around a bunch of people at the time. I was around a bunch of people, people that weren't, you know, they knew who I was, but they, they weren't used to being with me. And everybody was, you know, getting their food out. We were having lunch and all that. And I grabbed a leaf, an aloe leaf. I cracked it open and I took a spoon. I sliced it open. So it was, it was kind of open where I, I then took a spoon and I divided the flaps and I just scraped inside the leaf and I just ate the whole aloe leaf. That was my lunch that day. And everybody looked at me like, like even though they knew, of course, and they know and everything else, and they're, that's the whole point. I mean, they knew if they're me, you know, with me, they knew, but they were still so surprised. I'm like, why are you surprised? They're like, what's that? I just never seen anybody do that for lunch. I go, yeah, I'm doing that because the flu, it's flu season right now. It's flu season. People have pneumonia out there. It's flu season. I was traveling. I was hopping on a plane, on and off planes or whatever. And you know what this aloe does? It kills bacteria and it kills viruses. So if I happen to accidentally ingest or inhale a, a norovirus, which is a flu virus, which is a stomach flu virus, and it gets on my tongue and it goes down my throat and gets to my stomach and fires up the worst stomach flu ever, I got some aloe sitting down all around in there. And that's bacterial and viral killing that's why people's acid reflux drops substantially, substantially when you use aloe water or aloe juice. Yeah, it's another secret weapon. But what's the goal? What's the goal? It's killing off the bacteria. That's the goal. The other goal is getting the liver better, getting this hydrochloric acid stronger. And that's where the celery juice comes up with the with the, the hidden subgroup mineral salts that rebuild your hydrochloric acid, that rebuild and restore glands in the stomach that produce HCL in the seven blend, the mystery seven blend. Nobody to this day knows about it except for us. So, and that, that right there is why you do celery juice. You lower the fat in the diet. I can't say it enough. I've been saying it more and more because people are like, hey, hey, medical medium, I'm on this new diet. It's low carb. It's high protein. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. 
I said, you know, the low fat. They go, no, there's no fat in it. I go, what are you eating? It's a chicken, chicken twice a day. Um, in the morning, I had two eggs. I got this great holistic practitioner. They got me on two eggs in the morning. They got me sugar-free. I'm on chicken in the afternoon. I'm on chicken in, for dinner. I'm on a few of these, these vegetables. I'm eating a salad. I said, it's all fat. All your calories are 100% fat coming from all that. Oh, no, no, the chicken's not fried. I go, no, that's not it. The chicken's loaded with fat inside the flesh. No, no, it's a chicken breast. No, I, I know that. No, no, there's no skin on it. No, that's the fat is in the chicken breast. That's the calorie so you can function, so you can walk and talk. You're getting a calorie because if you took that fat out, you'd fall to the ground and you would dissolve. And, and they'd be like, oh, I go, yeah, that's still a liver problem. Your, 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 your acid reflux is getting a little better because you took away all the chocolate cake that was feeding the bacteria too. With all that crap in the chocolate cake, you took away some of the processed food, which was feeding bacteria, but you're still burdening your liver with fat. And when you do that, your acid reflux will come back. It will stay there. It will come back. It'll come back on a rainy day and bite you in the butt. I almost said something else, bite you in the, <laughs> yeah, in the butt. And it's going to get you. You can't do that. So do the, do the chicken once at the end of the day. Make sure your lunch has a little bit of avocado, which is a little better. It's a little better of a fat, a lot better of a fat, a little bit of avocado. Maybe put some different fruit in your salad. Maybe some more cucumbers, lots of tomatoes. Well, my practitioner says nightshades. No, 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 no. You have tomatoes. They have its own, they have, it, it has its own vitamin C that could save somebody's immune system. That's what the tomato has. You can't mess with it. Get an heirloom tomato. Get whatever. Get a good tomato. Don't get a bad tomato. Don't eat, you know. And and so, yeah, you get tomatoes and cucumbers on those salads. You get some potato, believe it or not. Steam some potato. You have a fruit smoothie in the morning. Now, fruit, I was told to stay away from fruit. My practitioner told me to stay away from fruit. It's bad. Now your practitioner is only telling you that because he heard it from somebody else. He heard it from somewhere else. And I know where the original source came 11 years ago from a doctor that brought it into the industry because it was to sell his fruit pills. He didn't want people eating fruit. I remember the day it happened. And it just spread like wildfire. And now clinics even say in the health world, oh, fruit's bad. It'll feed cancer. No, it doesn't. Fruit doesn't feed cancer. Corn syrup feeds cancer. Processed table sugar feeds cancer. Beet, meaning GMO beet sugar feeds cancer. Beet processed GMO sugar. Um, dairy feeds cancer. Eggs feed cancer like no tomorrow. They grow fibroids. They grow tumors. They grow benign tumors, benign cysts. They grow eggs, grow tumors of all kinds, cancers of all kinds. Feed everything under the sun as eggs. They kept cancer alive in labs back in the 1950s by putting eggs in with them. Christ. But yet, no. But, you know, they'd all be like, oh, fruit will feed cancer. It doesn't feed cancer. You know what fruit does? It kills bacteria that causes acid reflux. You just can't eat a fruit pie on top of a steak. The body fights itself because the fruit just wants to do right while the steak wants to just do wrong. I'm not saying you can quit steak if you're a steak eater. I'm just saying I can't put the two together. The fruit is a bacterial killer. And it wants to rush through your stomach, through your duodenum, through your intestinal tract. It wants to rush through. It wants to push through. It wants to drive all the way through. And it wants to kill everything that shouldn't be there and save everything that should be there. 
So when I hear misinformation, it drives me insane. It drives me insane. I mean, when you hear the misinformation that's been out there and rampant and took off like lightning, it's one of the reasons why, you guys, I had to stop doing personal consultations. I had to stop to write the books because it got so bad. Spirit stopped me. Spirit said, look, you're working on people day in and day out in the offices. You're working on people day in, day out. You work 24-7. You're doing seven days a week, but we got an emergency out there. And I said, what? What now? I like what I'm doing. Me and many others in practitioners and doctors and all this, we help people hand in hand, foot by foot. We help them right here. And Spirit said, you got to stop right now. You have to get this information out with everything you can. It's all going in the wrong direction out there, Spirit said. It's getting bad. It's including fruits being picked on. God-given created fruit, natural fruit to actually stop cancers and stop disease and save your liver and save your stomach and save your body and save your brain. Antioxidants to stop you from aging all inside fruits. It's getting bad, Anthony, and you got to get to it. You got to start taking my information and writing it down in books. You have to stop the trendy traps that are fought, that are produced. By agenda-driven monsters out there in the world. Monster machines, I mean, out there in the world. And that's why. That's what happened. I'm just giving it to you straight. All right? Take one day at a time. You know? One day at a time. And we can get there. So listen, I hope I gave you at least some information on acid reflux. I hope I gave you at least some. You know? Just know I care. I'm with you 100%. You know, when I was given this gift when I was a child, I, like I said and I told you before, I thought it was from me. I was convinced eventually. It's just, you know, my parents would be like, he was given this gift. He's gifted. Was I, again, I had it all in my head that I was gifted. And Spirit said, this isn't your gift. I didn't give you this gift for you. This is for the people you're going to help. This is a gift to them. And that's what Spirit said. And I was like, I had a hard time with that for a little while. I was like, oh, crap. Now, what is this whole thing? You know, as a kid, like, what do I got? Why do I got to do this? just want to ride my skateboard. I just want to, you know, I just want to play baseball. Anyway, I love you dearly. Take one day at a time. Bless you, bless you. I care about you greatly. All right. Forge ahead. Heal. Forge ahead and keep on healing for me. Bye-bye.